that's just like your opinion, man. Podcast. This is level eighty-seven. Cannons for Kenny. That's right. We're back with an episode of the number one video game podcast on the Geekscape Network. Uh, I'm here. I'm Shane O'Hare. I'm, I'm back. I wasn't here last week. Uh, you can probably tell because the show uh, was very quiet. There was no digital peaking when I edited it. No casual. Well, actually, there was casual racism, um, but uh, n- not as. Uh, but it's okay because everyone is ethnic. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, uh, that's uh, the illustrious Joshua Jackson. It's my turn to be illustrious this week. Yeah, we're doing we're doing a little two player co op action. Um, nobody uh, else is able um, to join, so um, it's us again. I, I feel like you and I are the most consistent members on the show. Yep, I, I don't even think I no, I've missed maybe like two or three shows. I don't remember how many. This but is for your the most show. part. I've been a constant. So yeah. have you though? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, well, there's been a, a few times where I've had to like bail out, but. No, it's just when I was hit with, you know, clinical depression. Yeah, it, <sighs> anyway. co- it comes and goes. Yeah. It's it's a prerequisite to be on the show. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Um, anyway, uh, how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm clinically depressed. How are you? <laughs> Sad. <laughs> um, I want to say at the, off the top, uh, Geekscape has uh, formally joined forces with Loot Crate. Uh, you guys can get your own... Geek box by going to lootcrate.com slash geekscape. And when you check out, use promo code geekscape uh, to get a discount on your subscription. Uh, if you don't know what Loot Crate is, it is a monthly mystery geek box, gaming gear, all sorts of cool stuff. You get four to six items every month, and they are a $50 plus retail value. Uh, this franchise is featured this month Kill Bill, Harley Quinn, Hellboy, Archer. And World of Warcraft. And if you guys order by the 19th of this month at 9 p.m. Pacific time, you can get that month's crate. So you guys have a couple of days to get August's crate. Um, so check out lootcrate.com slash Geekscape. We appreciate it greatly. Um, Josh, you're getting one of the gamer boxes soon, aren't you? Uh, I believe so. Jonathan yeah. asked for the information, but I, I must so I hope so. Yes, yes, you you are. Um, if I knew that, uh, independent of you telling me that, then yes, <laughs> you are. <clears throat> um, uh, off the top, I wanted to tell a funny story that Kenny was supposed to tell. Uh, I was playing Counter-Strike with Kenny last night, and he, I'm like, hey, are you going to be on and tell that funny story? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll be on. I'll be on tomorrow. I'll be great. Perfect. Totes. Haven't heard from him. <laughs> so he's not here. Um, I just want to... Is he okay? Uh, Do we know that he's... Still kicking? <laughs> Was that on purpose or? It is now. Oh, <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Um, okay, so a uh, longtime contributor to Geekscape crippled Kenny, who is, yes, in fact, handy capable. <laughs> um, was streaming uh, No Man's Sky the other day, and I um, I popped on. To um to hang out, uh, muff around, and um he was playing No Man's Sky, and he came across this creature. Um, and if you don't know No Man's Sky, you explore the universe, you find planets and creatures that are procedurally generated, and if you're the first person to find that creature, you get to name it. So, and if you can see in the banner for this episode of the podcast, uh, he was uh, walking around, and he found this um sentient group of mushrooms. It was like a it was like a stack of mushrooms that like hopped around 
Um, and everybody in the chat was like, oh, like, name it pile of dicks or jumping dicks and stuff like that. And every time he, like, tried any combination of phonetic or, you know, um, actual spelling of the word dicks, um, it was kicked out for profanity. <laughs> and so, you know, we were, he was there for a minute or two. And he's like, you know, you know, jumping dicks, you know, pile of dicks, you know, it's like profanity, profanity, profanity. And I was like, name it cum cannon. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, there's no way. If they're not going to take dicks, there's no way they're going to take cum. And I told him to write it C-U-M. So he's like, all right. Enter. And it accepted it. <laughs> so there is there is a creature hopping around in the universe uh, named Cum Cannon. And you can see in the banner, Kenny's completely, completely unbelievable face of <laughs> what Hello Games uh, would accept and what not to accept, which I guess is kind of telling about the final product of their game. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, the story of Cannons for Kenny. Man, it's like listening to that story makes me want to play No Man's Sky, but then I remember that it sounds boring as shit when I read about it on paper. So Yeah, and, and like, everybody was is, is blaming the media and, you know, blaming, you know, you know the, the lies of the, the head dude, Sean, something or other. But really, like, and there was well, this huge... Okay. All you needed to do is listen to the show because we were talking about this like months ago. Yeah. That it seemed and like it was, was going to a- be a really polarizing game because when you really looked at the details, it really seemed largely like an exploration game where you weren't going to be doing a lot of whole, like you weren't going to be doing a whole lot of exciting things per se. And I guess in the traditional sense, it could be exciting for some people to explore, you know, those different planets and find new things. But a lot of people were expecting something that the game was never meant to be. Yeah. Which is what we talked about in the past, too. Like, there's that the expectation was at one place, but then reading the details on what the game was designed to be, it was a completely different thing. And we were saying how there was going to be a whole lot of disappointing people. And then now that the game's been out, um, been out for a week, it seems to be really, really polarizing. Yeah. And, and frankly, like, I guess, <clears throat> and, and this kind of goes with like, uh, armchair activists or people that, you know, keyboard warriors. Um, there's been a there was a huge post on the game subreddit that was basically um, uh, it was titled "Where's the No Man's Sky We Were Sold On?" A big list of things that are missing with sources, links, and quotes. Also, dubious advertisements. And it's like this dude put together like charts and graphs and links and sources. And it's like you know, it's like, dude, you guys, you're putting a lot of effort into like, like what what is this? What is this going to do? Like 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 this just giant like you know thing of like hey you know you know where's the game we were told it's like it's just a game dude right like people get hyped for movies and they're bad and you don't you know (laughs) write like you know this giant dissertation about how we were cheated i guess it's what's the word um entitlement does that make sense like people feel too entitled to get a product that you know and i don't know gamers are fucking annoying yeah well i mean i don't know if that's necessarily the right word but I get what you mean that it's not going to meet every expectation, but yeah, at, but at the same time, it's like you have kind of, especially when a game has as much hype as this one, you have to go in with tempered expectations and kind of expect that not everything that the developer was hoping to put in is not necessarily that it's not going to be in, but sometimes they'll promise something and they'll deliver it in the way that they envision it, and it'll end up being something completely different from what the consumer. Um, envisioned and I haven't like I said I haven't really played it 
it didn't sound like something that was interesting to me and my taste. So I ended up avoiding it altogether. But from what I understand, I mean, that's just something that uh, that does happen where there's this disconnect between expectation versus expectation of the developer versus expectation of the consumer, which will inevitably lead to disappointment, especially when it's as ambitious of a title as this seems to be. Yeah, and and everyone's calling it like this generation Spore, um, but you know, sp- I felt Spore was worth the day one purchase price. Like it was worth the fifty dollars. Um, it was I got my money's worth out of that game. Uh, it was fun, but you know, it wasn't the second coming of Christ that everyone expected it to be. And 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 really, it, very rarely do games actually deliver on on their their hype. And everyone you know expects. You know, you see a a place uh, an E three tech demo, and you're like, "This is gonna revolutionize gaming." Unless every it's game's a new, gonna revolutionize gaming, yeah. Unless it's a new peripheral that is intuitive, or unless it's like a new um, rendering engine or like a new API platform. Like if if Microsoft came out and said, "Yo, DirectX 13, it's gonna it's gonna shoot lasers right into your eye, and you're gonna be in the game." Unless it's something like that, then it, it's not. It's not. And you know what? I feel like a lot of people just feel, you know, I guess there's some people that feel like they were sold on something that wasn't there, but you got to like limit your expectations that there's never, ever, ever been a game that has like completely delivered on all of its promises. Does even remotely like, you know, come close to your expectations in your head. And you're right. It's it, the developers and the, um, the consumers are, are on two different pages. So yeah. I, and I guess, to ra- sorry, go ahead. Oh, I just, it's, it's, exp- it's, it's people feeling entitled. Yeah, and then I guess to wrap it up, you could say that it it might try to be revolutionary, but it's no fart sensor. <laughs> All right. Are you talking um, to a bottle? Oh, I was taking a drink. Um, uh, it's water. Okay. okay. So uh, I wanted to know. I wanted to know if the show was going to go off the rails now, depending on what was in the bottle. Yeah, well, it's, it's it's already off the rails. <laughs> Geekscape Games, we. Don't deliver on expectations because there are no expectations. Well, doesn't that mean we do? Oh, I'm so conflicted. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Geekscape Games. We're what the No Man's Sky of podcasting. <laughs> uh, uh, let's get into it. Uh, I guess the f- uh, some of the biggest news from this week uh, before Gamescom kicked off was Final Fantasy 15 got delayed. By a couple of months, uh, it was supposed to come out February, September 30th. It is getting pushed out to November 29th, um, which kind of makes that whole big reveal party that they, I mean, like, you were there, right? In the big yeah. reveal. How expensive was that to make that all completely? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it can't be cheap to rent, the, uh, to rent out the, um, what is it called? The Shrine Auditorium. Oh, like okay. right outside of UFC, uh, UFC, fuck. <laughs> All these advertisements on the side of Skype is killing me. Um, <laughs> USC, um, you know, that that area and the Shrine Auditorium in and of itself, I'm sure is not cheap. Um, and then, of course, they had hiked to fly in. people there. Yeah, they had like, you know, people hosting it. They had like Florence and the Machine cut a video for it. They... It was like an hour and a half long. They had all these VR kiosks outside. They gave away all this free, like exclusive, like these exclusive Final Fantasy 15 calendars and sold all this like merch. And there was, you know, they had a lot going on there. And the whole, the funny thing about it is if you remember, we kind of made fun of it on the show at the time where they announced this thing months in advance that they had a release date for the release date. 
So it wasn't like they didn't have a lot of planning go into it. So, and I said this on my, I said this on Facebook, how on one hand, of course, if the game's having issues, we'd much rather have it be delayed than be released half finished and have to patch in 50 gigs a month later. On the other hand, what the, what, like, what the, what was the point of that whole event? It makes it seem really, really, it makes it seem like, it's one more egg on the face of this 10 year long development process. Yeah. And, and like, did, did, what was their like reasoning for why the game was delayed? It, it was probably was, I didn't read the actual press release. Was it something vague and like, you know, we, we, we had to, you know, focus on, you know, making it the best experience it could be or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. When, yeah. when really it's like, we need to print more manuals or like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Do some other bullshit. Dude, they don't even print manuals anymore. <laughs> You'd be uh, lucky don't. if there's some kind of a black and white insert on the inside. But yeah, um, I didn't read a specific press release, but from the details that I've picked up here and there from online, it was just what you're implying, like the vague, you know, we just want to give it a little bit more polish and make sure that we deliver the best product possible, that kind of blah. thing. You so know, no blah, specific blah, blah. reasons. Um, if... You know, two months isn't a whole lot of time, so it can't be anything major. But at the same time, again... I, I mean, it, it only takes about a month for um, printing. So a month of development time, if you got a whole fucking team, you're like, hey guys, this game goes gold, you know, end of October, you know, and we have an extra, you know... It, the, game, the game should have started printing in like a couple of weeks. So they've got an extra month of something to do right. uh, and that could be you know anything from just polishing up cutscenes you know uh, I wouldn't say finishing dialogue because that's probably all done yeah that's but, probably um, been done forever ago it's I mean, probably the movie optimization comes out, I think the movie comes out on Friday in theaters uh, I think the movie's already out is it? I think the movie already came out um, hold on let me let me consult the book of knowledge and by that I mean uh, King's Glaive August 19th it says oh so that is yeah Friday King's Glaive um, they had the, uh, the English trailer got released at, during Comic-Con. Oh, that, I am so hyped for that. I'm so fucking hyped for that. King's Glaive movie looks dope. Really yeah, dope. Yeah, I'm hoping to be able to get immersed into the whole universe when they're kind of building it across so many different mediums between the YouTube anime and the movie. But, yeah. But yeah, so hopefully it turns out well and hopefully they can deliver on all the hype that they've been building up over the last year or two since they've kind of let this project resurface you know and I, i'm just i'm just waiting for my uh my more uh project or my playstation vr final fantasy hentai experience i don't think they're ever going to make something like that oh it's gonna get made it will be made it might not be official <laughs> but um you might yeah, be uh, the head developer <laughs> but it'll, it'll be made <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so uh I, I i should be seeing a, a week one purchase of final fantasy 15 i've gone this entire fucking year and last year without pre-ordering anything um and i'm covering was, for i'm covering for you because i have two copies of the collector's edition pre-ordered oh all right well i'll buy one of those off you then i have one on xbox one and one on ps4 because i wasn't sure which system i was going to want it on i well it, well well I have a PS4. I will gladly pick that copy up from you if you. Do. Sweet, sounds good. I'll ship the Xbox One version out as soon as you're ready to pay me for it. <laughs> um, and I can return it, and then uh, no, fuck GameStop. No, it goes right, to, um, I think it goes to the. It's directly from the Square Enix store, so I don't oh. know how they handle that stuff. Why 
is my pinky hurting? What did I do? What? <laughs> my finger hurts. I don't know what happened. Oh. Um. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't think a boo-boo was going to stop our momentum. Oh, uh, well, you know. Um, and you know what <laughs> didn't stop Konami's momentum for taking the Metal Gear franchise and burying it so far underground, it, nobody can hear it scream. We got a trailer for the next in the Metal Gear Solid franchise, Metal Gear Solid Survive. I guess you could say they buried it so far underground that it came back as an undead. Oh my god. I saw this trailer and I could not. They, Even? they, they, they basically retconned all of Phantom Pain. <laughs> right? I mean, it's, oh my god. Like, I, I mean, I wrote, I wrote a piece about it earlier and described a little bit of what I was thinking when I watched that trailer. And it, it's like Metal Gear, you know, has always been kind of weird, but they didn't give two shits about trying to keep any kind of continuity or any kind of, Mm-mm. any kind of like basis in reality with this. It's like, for those who haven't seen the trailer, which I'm sure is nobody, cause I feel like everyone's probably seen it and made fun of it by now, but it's like the soldiers, like there's, even though Mother Base was supposed to have been completely destroyed and all the all of Big Boss's soldiers were killed on it, um, there's still apparently a few alive. And Big Boss, they see Big Boss leaving on his helicopter, like at the end of Ground Zeroes. And mm-hmm. right after he leaves, for no real reason, a bunch of portals open up into the sky and suck up all the debris and all this, all the people who were on the base. And then the soldiers wake up in some alternate universe that's like overrun by like these monster, these zombie-like monsters, while joining some other group of soldiers who are trying to fight off this horde of the undead, while they're apparently trying to find a way to get back home. And it's like, what does any of this have to do with Metal Gear Solid? It's like, I, it's, it's so, and and the the, I I. I I didn't realize there was a trailer today until I saw Rocco Bodie from Mega64 post on Facebook. He said, Metal Gear's reoccurring theme slash message was peace and the avoidance of weapon use. So naturally, as soon as Kojima's gone, we get shoulder bros firing 12-gauge shotguns point blank. And I was like, <laughs> did a new trailer for Metal Gear Solid game come out today? And I went to go look it up and... No, it didn't because this isn't Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> well, well, it... It also feels like they they threw so much money into the Fox engine that they're like, well, uh, we need to like recoup some loss, and no one's buying Pro Evolution Soccer anymore, and that's the only other game that runs a Fox engine. <laughs> and they won't license. And there's no way they'd license license it either, because if you license it, you have to pro- provide support. And we know that Konami doesn't want to. They want to provide support for their fucking pachinko machines, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, I can't. I won't be able to repeat it off the top of my head in the same way that I worded it. So I'll read it off of my uh, my piece that I wrote about it earlier. And I said it felt like it was made up off of a checklist of what an out-of-touch executive would do while conceptualizing a game. Let's see, zombies are popular, right? Mad Max and Fallout are big. Why not place it in a barren, desolate space? Let's have a group of no-nonsense soldiers take them down like it's no big deal while we're at it. But most importantly... New IPs are way too risky. Let's just slap Metal Gear Solid's name on the title and watch it fly off the shelves. We can even reuse assets to save some money while recouping cash on the money sink that was Metal Gear Solid Five. Like, I'm pretty sure that's the entirety of the thought process that went into making this. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, the uh, I'm watching the trailer right now, and, like, the I would say is the main character of the trailer um, uh, looks like generic soldier bro, but I'm pretty sure that one of the characters... 
um, is the gen- uh, in the beginning of Metal Gear Solid Five, you are asked with making an avatar that ends up being your online avatar. I'm pretty sure this guy is the default avatar. <laughs> like one of the characters is just the default avatar. Um, uh, I don't, I don't know, man. Like this is just, <sighs> I don't, I don't know, man. You know, yeah. no. Oh, and, and here's the best. <laughs> the rare instance when YouTube comments are um, uh, poignant. Uh, Sketchy Phoenix on the uh, trailer said, "No, I don't want to survive. Just let me die already." I <laughs> <laughs> uh, couldn't say it any better. It's like uh, so bizarre. It's like why? It, it's 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 supposed to be a four player um, uh, a four player um, stealth game. So, but uh, Wikipedia has it listed as survival horror. Not stealth action, so no one, no one knows what it is. Nobody knows what it is. No, nobody knows my sorrow. Um, hey man, what a fucking disaster! <laughs> yeah, uh, not a disaster. Was something that completely got me on board. Was the new ukulele trailer? Um, I uh, have been completely like meh on it. Like I was like, I could, I could give a damn. Like these people raised so much money. It's going to be another Kickstarter disaster. Um, it's going to be, you know, mighty number no. nine all over again. But this trailer was so like, so nostalgic, nostalgic filled. It was so sweet and heartwarming. Uh, it, it reminded me of Banjo-Kazooie like so, so much. And I'm so unbelievably on board with this project now. Uh, you guys got to check it out. Um, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be something that I'm, I'm finally looking forward to it before I thought everybody was just like hyping it up for, for, you know, no reason, but this, this trailer looks sweet and adorable. What did you think of it? Yeah. I, you already mentioned the nostalgia factor, but there was a comment that I read online that pretty much encompassed everything I thought, which was that I don't, I don't know why I feel so nostalgic for a game that's not out yet, but no, <laughs> they, they've, um, they've done a good job of, recreating that authenticity of those old N64 3D platformers. And I think what makes this stand out a lot from other Kickstarter projects is that they were open from the very beginning in their mission statement when they first started the uh, crowdfunding project that we we have enough money to develop this game on our own. And even if we do fail at this Kickstarter, which they obviously didn't, that the game's still going to be made. But the money that we're asking for is essentially going into being able to expand it further to be able to make more levels to be able to have you know bring in higher profile names who worked on the old games for the music and that kind of thing yeah and from everything that we've seen so far and i can't i honestly can't think of another kickstarter project that except for maybe bloodstained but even bloodstained's not out yet and it's a in a similar place where it's in a concurrent uh development phase so we won't know for sure until down the line but <clears throat> You'd have I, to really, he'd have to really fuck up Bloodstain. Yeah, which I don't think is going to happen. But I mean, Ukulele and Bloodstain both, you know, everything that we've seen so far is delivering everything that they've promised us, essentially. It's not like where Mighty Number no. 9, like the second the actual screenshot started coming out, people started questioning it, questioning it and feeling a bit of remorse towards it. And of course, a year and a half, two years later, when the final project finally came out, that ended up being a whole nother thing. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side of that, this ukulele project so far seems to be everything that you should do with a Kickstarter campaign, which is be transparent, give constant updates, uh, continue to take in feedback and take all of that and build the best project that you can. And so far, they seem to be delivering on everything that they've promised so far. So I'm excited to see 
how far this is going to go and where the final project will be once it once it's able to um, be released widely to all the backers and everyone else who wants to buy it. Yeah, uh, it, uh, it it really it really got me ex- <clears throat> excited for it, which was something I had like, zero interest in. But as when I finally saw it, like um, it, it seemed like a pretty damn you know final product. Um, but um, yeah. it's not too far off it, either, right? Uh, quarter one, two thousand seventeen. Okay, cool. So like a couple more months. Yeah, absolutely. Who, who's to say that's going to come out before Final Fantasy fifteen? <laughs> I, I don't know. They're gonna have they're gonna have another event <laughs> for uh, the release date for real this time. Final Fantasy fifteen two announced. <laughs> um, we got a announcement from EA for new Battlefront. Uh, DLC, Star Wars Battlefront DLC, and uh, it's a new mode called the Death Star mode. Actually, they're calling it Battle Station. Sorry, they're calling it Battle Station, but it's an assault on the Death Star, and it features three phases. Um, phase one <clears throat> is uh, Rebel X Wing and A Wings fighting against TIE Fighters and TIE Interceptors. Uh, the Rebels have to get past the first like blockade um, uh, and uh, destroy a defensive uh, Star Destroyer. Uh, phase two will have uh, some infantry uh, going into the Death Star and uh, extracting a priority droid, which was confirmed to be R2-D2. You have to go in and save R2-D2 from the Death Star, get him out of there. And phase three will be the trench run. Um, you'll have Luke Skywalker versus, um, uh, uh, who's the guy? Darth Vader uh, in the <laughs> yeah, trench run. Guy. And um, that'll, that'll be it. It sounds really, really interesting. And from what I've been able to gather um, uh, from a lot of comments and discussion online is that the patches that have come out, they have really balanced the gameplay and they've added to the gameplay. They've added a lot of free blasters um, and uh, new free cards. Um, The problem right now is the player base is so fractured that um, there's now there's a really good game, but there's just not. And they've they've added new maps that have added um, um, variety. But uh, the player base is so small and fractured that there's a good game there. It just needs players. Um, and yeah, I, that was going to be my this, question. Does anyone still play it? Apparently there's a pretty good like player base right now, but they just need like, you know, it needs more. And hopefully this, this will breathe, um, uh, uh, you know, a big breath of life into it. Everybody, um, it, you know, a, a big, big sale, on the base game, like maybe have like a compl- game of the year, like well, it was never game of the year. Maybe have like you know like a, <laughs> that doesn't a, stop a lot of games from like releasing a, a game of the year edition. Fucking Geekscape Games Podcast eighty seven Podcast of the Year. Um, <laughs> might as well at this point. Uh, <laughs> we're giving ourselves all these other like awards that don't exist. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it maybe like a you know comprehensive pack, like a you know a complete pack come out with this DLC. Um, I think that would uh, be. I, I mean, I would buy the game. Uh, I'm seriously interested in picking it up now because of this this um, uh, Battle Station, the Death Star DLC. Um, did you ever pick it up? I, I think you asked us, and pretty much we all said no. Skip it. Yeah, I never did, and I've been tempted too because it's been popping up here and there for like ten bucks. But really, I still never, I still never did. Um, you know, I read up on the Death Star stuff. It sounds really interesting and fun, but. For me, honestly, it's a it's too little, too late. It's like the original game and the beta were so were such a letdown, uh, both from what I played and from what I heard. And really, I I loved the beta. I played the shit out of it. I played it for like 
I played it for like an hour or two and then was just over it. Like I, especially now that Overwatch is out and I'm playing that all the time, it's like I still need to. Fu- I played Lucille Ball at my friend's house. Lucille, Lucille, Lucille Ball, Ball. Lucille Ball, and Desi Arnaz um, in Overwatch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I played Lucio Ball for the first time, and I'm like, "Fuck, I need to get Overwatch." Like, I just, just, I just haven't fucking picked it up. Dude, get it, and then we could play with uh, Yumi and Juan. And well, it- the funny thing too is that the whole reason I got the game for PS4 and not Xbox One. I mean, I was debating, and I probably would have got it on on PlayStation anyway because almost everyone I know has it on PlayStation, but. The deciding factor was a f- was like a few podcasts ago where Carlos Lopez said, get it on PS4 so we could play together. I haven't seen that dude online once. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like when if Carlos is ever on, then you, me, Carlos and Juan can jump on and get our yeah, asses kicked. But but, you know, you know, if I get that game, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get it for the PS4, man. I got to get it for that master race. What game was? Didn't you buy a game recently for both? For both, it was gonna be Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, so now just make it Overwatch. Problem solved. All right, problem solved. Um, there was um, uh, there was a company. I wish I could find that fucking tweet. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're doing this live, consulting the Book of Knowledge. Um, hold on, I think it's here. Uh, there was a a new mouse keyboard controller came out for the um. Uh, PS4. I think I heard about that, and people um, it, were kind of there was there was a Hori controller. Shit, where the hell did it? I just I saw a tweet. There's a new one from a different company. It's substantially cheaper than the Hori one and a lot smaller. Um, damn it, I can't remember the name of it. Um, fuck you, Forbes. Um, I can never go to Forbes' website because I have ad blocking. So. <laughs> And they refuse. Hold on. PS4 mouse keyboard. Let's see. <clears throat> no, it's not the Tartarus. It's not the fucking Hori one. Is it the Zim 4? Hold on. I think it might be this. No, that's just an adapter for. Anyway, there's there's an, there's there's more coming out in the market. And basically, um, I was like, man, I should I should I should get that just so I can be called a, a, a cheater online. And I realized like, hey, I would actually win Destiny like PvP <laughs> if I had a mouse and keyboard. Um, cause it's, it's, it's like, it's monu, it's, it's completely unfair. Uh, and we've talked about this ad nauseum when there was cross platform support. Um, when, uh, Vista came out, um, no, not when it, not when it came out, but when there was a push by Microsoft to have Vista games and Xbox 360 games cross platform play and their big flagship title was that Shadowgate online shooter. Um, and people on the console just got wiped by the people with mouse and keyboard. Um, yeah. we've talked about that ad nauseum. Uh, let's talk about our new destiny, which is overwatch. And we've got some new updates with a new map that came out. Yeah. There was actually a ton of news that come out over the last two days with, uh, gamescom rolling around. So yeah, the first one was the new map, which takes place in this castle setting, which, uh, looks really interesting. Like it feels like a more, or it looks from the screenshots that I've seen, like a much more enclosed space than a lot of the maps that already exist. So that'll be good. But just to keep moving, because there's a lot of stuff they uh, talked about. There's actually a new... Um, have you kept up with any of the Overwatch animated shorts that they've released over the last few months? I didn't realize they were releasing animated shorts. Yeah, I didn't... Well, I think a lot of people, myself included, assumed that 
after the game released that they weren't going to make any more new ones because they were. I didn't realize them, there were any in the first place. Yeah, like a lot of them were released like in the months leading up to the release, but uh, tomorrow morning at 9 p.m. Pacific, they're debuting a uh, animated short about Bastion called uh, titled "The Last Bastion," which is going to go a little bit into his backstory. Which is uh, the the transforming robot, which and if you haven't played it, but kind of recognize the character, yeah. So that's coming. But most importantly, they announced the next up the next big update, which is going to which uh, is going to come with a lot of changes and new items for the characters to unlock. Um, one of which is the way that they're going to handle uh, competitive, where there's going to be bigger penalties for quitting there's going to make it so that you can't derank at like i think it was only the top two or the top three ranks are the only ones you can get deranked from but it's going to go from like gold uh platinum diamond and like those three tiers you can't derank from even if you get a uh, get a certain amount of losses and then when you get to the top two or three which i think were here they are it was master and grandmaster are the top two tiers so the top two tiers you can get deranked from but if you're at platinum or diamond or anything below those even if your points drop you won't lose the rank that you were at so that's kind of takes away i guess some of the stress of losing especially with with the issue that i've been running into with competitive and part of the reason i stopped playing it was because the game like the game doesn't really compensate for when people on your team quit so there's been i think a good half of my games like one one or more people have quit on the team and since it's competitive nobody fills those spots to replace them so then you're just down like two members three members one time i was by myself against a full team of six people because i was yeah, the only one who that, didn't quit you told that um uh that game in last week's uh episode of the podcast yeah right so it's like i don't it's like i finished the game but i'm still deranked an equal amount to everybody else who quit if you to my understanding if you quit too many times you get like a big experience deduction and you have to like build your reputation back up before you'll you would get back onto the game as far as like being back to the regular standards but experience only unlocks cosmetics so if you don't care about the cosmetics you have no real uh, incentive not to quit so and and let's let's be honest we all do but like Tracer's booty is not the best booty in the game. Not after they nerfed it. Well, it it wasn't to begin with. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't. I heard whispers of that whole controversy when it happened, but I didn't pay attention to it. So whispers I'm not, of the booty I'm, controversy. Yeah, so I'm not the. I'm far from the expert on on that subject. Mm. But I mean, aside from that, um, we're there's going to be a new series of nerfs and buffs, of course. Uh, Zenyatta's. Uh, Discord orb is going to create a smaller buff on enemies. Um, May's ultimate will be able to pierce shields now. Uh, Diva's uh, defense matrix is going to have a half second longer delay to reactivate since a lot of people were just kind of quickly tapping it off and on in between shots instead of, I guess, holding it like as intended. How how does explain how that works what how's her defense what is her defense matrix <clears throat> it's like a sh- temporary shield where like when the game first came out you pressed it and it was up for like five seconds and then after that there was like a certain cooldown time um with the most recent update before this one that we're talking about they completely retooled how that worked where the defense matrix or like that shield would have a half second cooldown 
and you could keep reusing it. However, it had, and you can also hold it for as long as you wanted and let it go whenever you wanted to let it go. But the shield also had a, a separate meter so that if you held it for too long, that meter would drain and you couldn't use it anymore until that secondary meter filled up aside from the cooldown. Okay. Um, but the way that people are using it now is that when they saw a shot coming or when they would predict that someone would shoot at them, they would just tap it so that they would block the shot um, and they wouldn't drain too much of their shield's meter. Whereas okay. that's so it was kind of I guess you could kind of call it, it was not a big exploit, but it was still like an exploit nonetheless. It was cheese. It was cheese. Yeah. So they're raising the cooldown to reuse it to one second instead of a half a second. So the intention is that if you tap it, the amount of time it takes for the uh, cooldown to be able to reuse it exceeds the amount of time it takes for the cooldown to um, for the meter to refill. So that's it's not too big of a change, but it's still a you know, still could be significant for certain people, especially I think PC, I think it's more prominent on PC. But it seems like the biggest one that people are talking about is that uh, Genji, the like the cyborg ninja kind of character, is getting a series of uh, nerfs, um, some of which seems to be rectifying possible exploits. But some people are arguing that those exploits are kind of made him are kind of what made him a good character to use. So it's like the community's somewhat divided on it. But the short version is that he used to his double jump used to reset if he would wall run, but that's not going to happen anymore. His death. Well, I could I could see I could see that having like huge like cheese potential. Yeah, because <clears throat> his biggest asset is that he's um, highly mobile, so a good Genji will be able to jump around the field and use his dash to avoid getting hit. Which on the next subject, his dash is no longer going to deal damage to. Uh, enemy traps and he'll actually get stuck in the traps instead of cutting through them like he used to um he won't be able to use his his uh swift strike dash like another the exploit that i was talking about is that people would use his primary fire which is to throw shurikens and then before that animation was over they would hit the melee attack to cancel the throwing animation and do his melee attack but then he had that dashing melee that we were just talking about where if you hit his dashing melee after a regular melee, he would cancel out of the melee animation and essentially do three quick attacks like with in quick succession of each other. So they're going to change it so you can't do that anymore either, which is the thing that a lot of people seem to be arguing. And mm. the last thing, which people were actually getting on my case about, because I was saying that I had no idea what, why this needed to be nerfed, and I got a lot of people saying, you either must suck or play on console, which is the latter, of course, but... They were they nerfed his ultimate ability to last six seconds instead of eight seconds. And my argument was that when he activates his ability, you're lucky if you even stay alive for eight seconds because everybody, you know, the way Overwatch works is when someone uses their ultimate ability, they make it very clear to the other team based off of like an audio cue that you've used it. So Genji's trade-off is that he gains a, a temporary powerful melee attack, but in exchange, he completely loses his projectile ability. Okay. And in a game where almost everybody is like a long-ranged shooting character, my experience playing the game is as soon as either an enemy Genji, or if I'm playing as Genji even, as soon as someone activates it, everybody knows that he's using it, and his low health plus his inability to use projectiles for that time period makes it so that if he's lucky, he'll get like one or two kills in most cases before everybody else on the team knows to look for him and kills him because he also has relatively low health. Gotcha. And so lowering lowering it even further 
to the amount of time he could use it seems unnecessary. But apparently on PC, it's a different case where he's much faster, much more mobile. He can wipe out a whole team by himself without support from his teammates, apparently. I don't know if these people just suck or if PC is that drastic of a change in experience, but... Unless unless a teammate helps set it up, I've never seen a Genji get more than like one or two kills of his ultimate before the rest of the team rallies around him and just puts a stop to it. You know, I think I think that'll be interesting. Um, I should I should just fucking pick up both both copies. Um, and see because um, Blizzard is pretty smart when it comes to this stuff. Um, so there's got to be optimization for the platform that the you know that it's intended for. So there yeah. there has to be. And even um, even then, in the past, they've done a, a nerf for console that do, that wasn't on PC. So oh, okay. th- that's also been the case. So even then, when people say we're telling me, you know, the PC ver- it's necessary for the PC version. Then if it's necessary for the PC version and not console, why don't you just do it for the console and not PC since they've done it before? Hmm. But yeah, I mean, hmm. that's pretty much the short version of it. I mean, there is so much information that we can't go through all of it. But most importantly, they made uh, they made Gremlin Diva canon so what that's oh, the biggest the, uh, takeaway the, oh god the uh the tro- like the troll diva like <laughs> her yeah like H- how did they how do they make it canon well every character is getting i think i think it's every character is getting two new emotes with the next update also so one of all the emote uh, and also to back up a little bit all of the emotes i think cost 250 coins if you don't get it through a random drop but this new diva one is the only one that's considered a legendary tier, which is a thousand coins, mm-hmm. and it's just an emote of her sitting down in her mech and like playing. I think someone said I'm unfamiliar with a lot of Blizzard's games, but someone said it was a mini game that you play in between matches in StarCraft. So she just sits down in the mech and starts playing it, and then she has like a a bag of chips to her right that looks like Mount uh, looks like the Doritos, and a can of soda next to her that's supposed to be like Mountain Dew, and she's just like grabbing a mouthful of chips and then like chugging the Mountain Dew while she's playing this game. Okay, let me see if I can find a, um, <laughs> a video of it. New emotes. There we go. Yeah, and of course, if you just search for Overwatch new emotes, like all of them are just... Oh, God, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't recognize the minigame, but it looks like um, a Valkyrie flying from Star... It's, it's, it's a ship from StarCraft 2, but that's not a... Maybe they added minigames in between StarCraft 2. Or it could have been StarCraft 1, but that's yeah. fucking hilarious. Yeah, maybe so. I have no idea. All Chips I know is that I'm of... using my thousand coins that I just saved up for that when it comes out. Yeah. All and right, with my well, luck, I'll I... unlock it from a box right after. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, let's uh, pound through the news. Uh, we got some LEGO Dimensions stuff. Uh, I guess th- this next stuff is is all all you, man. Yeah, like, I just jumped on board the LEGO Dimension stuff. Um, and the biggest reason I did pretty much was because E3 was giving out those green arrow figurines and I really wanted to use it. And enough people were kind of annoyed by that because it was a con exclusive, but people kind of understand it because, you know, they always give out con exclusives. It gives you a reason to come to their panels. But, um, the Supergirl thing, like they had already rumored or not rumored, they had already said that Supergirl was going to be a different like promotional character, but they didn't say how she was going to be released until today when they revealed that she was going to be packaged in the Lego Dimension starter pack starting September 27th when all of the year two content starts coming out. And the problem with that is that unlike Disney Infinity and Skylanders that come out with special characters, you know, those are all brand new games. So if you wanted to play Skylander Superchargers and you wanted the Donkey Kong Amiibo from last year, 
or if you wanted the Boba Fett with Disney Infinity 3 last year, you were getting it with a brand new game. With LEGO Dimensions, it's going to be the same game as last year. It's just that they're creating new add-ons for it. So essentially, everybody who's bought the game between its release date last year and then September 27th this year basically are going to have to buy another $100 copy of a game that they already have if they just want that one Supergirl or pay for it uh, through inflated prices online. Now, they implied in the trailer that she would be available uh, sometime in March next year if you don't buy it, um, if you don't buy a starter pack. But it's just one of those cases where a lot of people feel like they are being punished, I guess, for being early adopters. I don't know if that's the right word, but I can see I can see where the argument's coming from when, like I said, it's not like the other games or you're buying a brand new game with it. It's like it's bundled with a, a game that a lot of people and you've, you've seen the prices. These prices on these toys are absurd. So, yeah, it's like there's been a lot of people who are like really OCD obsessive with having everything in their library and they've spent hundreds of dollars on all these toys. And in order to feel like their collection's complete, I guess they now are essentially being asked to buy another copy of a game they bought a year ago. Yeah. So it's, but how it, many copies of um, Skylanders did you buy? Oh, God. <laughs> I think two. No, no, no. Three. Three. Four. So, and and now, um, are these Legos, like, like Lego-able? Does that make sense? Yeah. They, they okay. work as regular Legos on top of... It's like, they're regular Legos, but then you plug them into like a little stand that you put in the game to use the character. And the funny thing is you actually don't even need to put the Lego character so the, the in R-Fid, the game. Like you could the Arfid is just in the the base. Right. Like you could just you could keep all your Lego figures separate essentially and just put the bases on the game and it'll still recognize the character. Okay. So that's okay. adds another level of collectability to it because there's a lot of Lego collectors who that I've read about that they're essentially just buying a bunch of this stuff just because of, for, just for the Lego aspect and never even buy the game. Yeah. But yeah, it's just another it's just another situation where it's like they they're trying to find new ways to sell the more copies of the game and then other people feel alienated and you know how that goes it goes back and forth and It's it's artificial padding of their numbers like look at how much we sold and it's like like yeah, but everybody yeah. wants to buy that new fig. So Yeah, and in, and uh, in all honesty, I don't really think this is going to move the needle too much because I don't see too many people rebuying a game a year old game just for the one figure. And on the other hand, I don't really see Supergirl as a character that would move games for people who haven't bought it already. Like mm, it's like added in. Yeah, it's like you know the over the last year they've released the game came with Batman and Wild Style, and then over the last year they've had Superman, Wonder Woman, um, like so many different characters from every franchise you could imagine. If those people, if those characters didn't convince people to buy it, then I doubt Supergirl is going to be too much of a. It's not like someone was like, you know what? I really would like to play Supergirl. Like, Marty McFly is great. The Portal content's amazing. Fine, whatever. But if only Supergirl is in it, then I'd buy it. It's like I don't, I don't see it. Eh, what was the next one? Uh, Injustice Two News. Yes. Yeah. uh, Injustice Two revealed a, a game that is not good. That's just like your opinion, man. (laughs) (laughs) No, but yeah, um, Harley and Deadshot were revealed for Injustice 2. No surprise with Harley since she was in the last one. But what was surprising is that her moveset seems almost at least half half reworked. Um, A few of her moves were similar, but she's integrating her baseball bat a la Suicide Squad now on top of her mallet. Plus... She, I don't remember their names, but you remember those two hyenas that Joker would have sometimes in the cartoon? Yeah. 
like she has new moves that where she summons the hyenas to come out and attack the enemy. So it kind of gives her another uh, projectile that's on the screen longer than the uh, twin pistols that she used to use. And well, she still uses, but that she had in the previous game that were just kind of on the screen for a split second. Um, and her new special, her new like super move too involves basically her seeking the hyenas on the opponent and they start chewing on them while she smashes their head with the bat. It actually looks really cool. Okay. Um, and then with Deadshot, I'm waiting to see if they're going to say if Dead, if, fuck Deadpool, close enough, if Deathstroke is still in the game because Deathstroke used a combination of guns and his sword, but a majority of his moves revolved around his assault rifle and his pistols. Whereas Deadshot, of course, his whole thing is that he's a marksman and a lot of his moves and animations looked very close, if not directly ripped from uh, Deathstroke's move set from the last game. So he looks good and all, but I'm really curious to see if Deathstroke's either going to be completely omitted from the game or if he comes back, if he's going to be completely reworked because he, they look really close to each other and to the point where it might come off as a little redundant. But either way, I'm looking forward to seeing how they both work out in the game. And I'm still waiting to see uh, Black Canary and Huntress get into the game. So please... Nether Realm. There's not a whole lot of interesting DC characters left, so I feel like you can squeeze them in. <laughs> oh, wait, they, they need to go back to like some of like the the the, uh, the bullshit characters, like uh, the question. Let's get the question in there. Is question DC? Yeah, he's DC. I think it was some mm-hmm. weird convoluted thing where he wasn't, but then deals with other studios and buyouts or something led to it. Because wasn't he originally a parody? No, no, no. I think it was the other way around. That Rorschach was based off of a was based off question. of question. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, something like that. But dude, I, I'm cool with question being in. Just throw in anybody at this point. Who cares? You're gonna sell the yeah. game anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's a bad game, so don't throw in anybody. It's a bad game. Well, they already they already threw in a bunch of people, so that's over with. Well, uh, Detective Pikachu mo- movie news, Josh. Uh, yes, Alex Hirsch and Nicole Perlman are were announced to be writing the Detective Pikachu movie that we were talking about a few weeks ago. So. Not only is the live-action Pokemon movie real, and not only is it based around that bizarre Detective <laughs> Pikachu game, but now we have people from... Now we have the creator of Gravity Falls and the writer of Thor and Guardians of the Galaxy involved. So Thor sucked ass, but Guardians was great. And with the creator of Gravity Falls, it sounds like it's going to have a lot of potential. But of course, it's still early. We don't know anything about it otherwise, so... I'm going to I'm going to try my best not to get too excited, but so far it's looking good. It seems like they're serious about making this project work. Hmm, okay. Uh let's do some lightning round on some cool news that came out. Um there's a new Resident Evil 7 trailer called Lantern and it made me extremely tense and uncomfortable. Uh check out the Lantern gameplay trailer. Um Rainbow Six Siege just uh, incorporated BattleEye, and they banned about 3,800 cheaters in its first full week of integration, which apparently has made the game playable again. Um, and a uh, bit of news is actually going to tie into my games I've been playing this week, so we can uh, uh, go to that. Uh, do you have anything else you want to talk about before we talk about what we've been playing? I oh, know. Let's go. What have you been playing? Um, well, on the subject of LEGO Dimensions, I was playing a lot of that. Um, actually finished it and was trying to go through some of the um, expansions. So it's, it's pretty much what I described back when it was first announced, as far as the main game is concerned, at least where it's just pretty much every other Lego game, except instead of unlocking 50 characters, you had to buy 50 characters. Um, but I mean, it's a really, it's 
like story wise and the way that they bring all these characters together is handled really well. The humor and the script is all really well done. Um, but it is probably the most glitchy Lego game that I've ever played, which usually the regular like ones. D- dimensions as a whole is um, glitchy or like a ex- specific expansion is glitchy? Oh, no, the game as a whole. Like there's times where my characters would get stuck to cars and then flop around the entire wor- uh, map until I unplugged the until I unplugged the base and plugged it back in. There's times really? where the base just stopped reading stuff. And every time I removed a figure, it would just wipe that spot off of the map until I reset until I once again had to unplug and replug in the portal. So um, is it is it a um do you think it's a hardware issue or do you think it's a software issue? Definitely software. Um okay. there because there's been other times where like the the one where it stopped detecting my characters is the only hardware one per se, but there's been times where I've gotten to areas that I don't think I was supposed to get to because then I ended up having no way to get back and had to like restart a level or Luckily, we went on a little buying spree because they had these, they had the figures like all 50% off. So we like price matched them. And luckily, one of the sets had a helicopter because otherwise we would have been permanently stuck, but we were able to summon the helicopter and fly back to where we started. But there's just Wait, lots. Your game glitched out where you needed a helicopter? Well, this was in one of the expansions, but it was the portal stage. And I, t- I put the portal in the wrong spot, but. It was like one portal was on a wall to the side and one portal was on a wall on the ceiling. And so I jumped through the portal on the wall to fall through the ceiling, but there was no way back up. And there were no platforms nearby to jump across. So it was like I was permanently... And when you die in Lego games, they respawn you pretty much at the same spot that you died. Yeah. So I I would have been permanently stuck if I didn't have that helicopter and I would have had to restart the whole thing. So, I mean, there's... (laughs) funny. Like, and it's an issue with a lot of... It was an issue with Disney Infinity that it had where it had a lot of bugs and stuff. But at least with Disney Infinity, it kind of had an out because the game was essentially built with a huge set of tools that were designed to be uh, used for user created content. So when you have, you know, when you have so many different pieces that are meant to be interchangeable, that creates a a wider probability to have technical issues like that whereas they've been making lego games for what like 15 years and they've pretty much been the same since the first one yeah so i understand that you know the nature of this game and having the figures be able to warp in and out whenever you want is something new to the style of gameplay but it was still confusing about it was still confusing that i got so many um but i mean other than that the game if not a bit too familiar was a lot of fun the portal stage in in particular stood out really well because it didn't. That was the only one that didn't feel like a typical Lego game. It just felt like maybe a simplified version of Portal, and probably the plo- the closest we'll get to Portal Three for a really long time. Especially because the expand the level, like there's a there's a campaign Portal level, and then there's the expansion Portal level, and like the expansion they treat it as if it's a sequel to Portal Two, so they reference stuff that happened in Portal Two and that kind of stuff. Really, that's cool. Yeah, so. A lot of care goes went into those, and that I think is the game's strongest point. That if you're a f- the m- the more of a fan that you are of each franchise, the more you'll appreciate it because they didn't just slap a lot in a in a lot of these characters' case, they didn't just slap them in. There was they all like have a purpose and a role in the story, and then they all on their individual level packs. It feels crafted from a place where it was done to it was done for fans and not necessarily just to throw in a character. Gotcha, gotcha. So there was there was some some thought to it uh, instead of just like you know 
Hey, references! Yeah, there's this really funny part in the very beginning of the game where the first level is uh, Wizard of Oz. And then since Batman, Batman Wildstyle and Gandalf are the three starter characters that come with the game. So they're the only ones that are like in every cutscene. Um, but when you first get to the Wizard of Oz stage, there's a scene where they see like Dorothy and um, Tin Man, Scarecrow and Lion walking down the yellow brick road. And they're all the main characters are trying to figure out what's happening still since they all got sucked into different worlds. And then so Batman sees a Scarecrow and he's like, Scarecrow, I knew it. This is a hallucination. <laughs> and, then like, <laughs> and then like he tries to he tries to like fight Scarecrow before they all get kidnapped or whatever. But it's stuff like that. That's just really well done. Um, like the only the only part that's not well done, but I don't feel like it's the developer's fault. And it's probably more um, financially is that for the Simpsons content, um, Homer and Krusty are the only two characters that have speaking roles, and I think they're both voiced by the same person, if I remember correctly. Let me consult the book of knowledge. But like if you like every other Simpsons character in the Simpsons levels are completely silent. And luckily I didn't buy the Bart figure, but from what I heard, Bart is the only character that you could actually play as it doesn't have any speaking lines. And I'm assuming that's because the Simpsons voice cast has such a high price tag that they just paid Homer and left it at that. Let's see. Uh, yep, yep. Dan Castellaneta uh, does, in fact, voice uh, Krusty as well as Homer. Yeah, so like, and, they're the only two characters with voice lines from the Simpsons set. And I think Bart is voiced by Nancy Nancy Cartwright. Right. Uh, yeah, she, yeah. But yeah, it's so weird because like, the Simpsons level is based off of that one episode where uh, Homer eats the chilies from the chili cook-off and has a hallucination, if you remember that one. Mm-mm. But yeah, like... The, a big part of the story is like him finding, like reconnecting with Marge, but then it's really oh, weird. Oh, he goes on that like peyote trip in the in the desert. Yeah, like the, okay, the Simpsons yeah. expansion is based off of that episode. And that of was course, funny because I was thinking, I was thinking that like, man, the only episode of, I only the only episode I remember from Simpsons is the one where he trips on peyote in the desert. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. That's it. But that's the one they made a level off of, so they obviously know what they're doing. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's so weird because like Marge is such a big part of that episode and in the level she's just like pantomiming while homer's having his monologues about her so hmm. but yeah other than it's a fun game it's probably not worth the price tag but it's i feel like it's worth checking out if it goes on discount again definitely not like the hundred dollars stuff but yeah i mean um i always like the uh the like the lego like the ones that are directly like narrative lego games so like i guess all of the fucking lego games from the last 10 15 years um <laughs> Because uh, this is the first one that's like purely Lego itself, right? Essentially, yeah. So I, I mean, I played all the Star Wars ones. I played the Indiana Jones ones. I didn't play any of the Harry Potter ones. Uh, I did play the Hobbit one with my buddy a little bit. Um, but they're great couch co-op games. But I just the the barrier to entry on this is so expensive. Like, like I haven't bought an Amiibo in a minute, and I've only I've I mean I haven't even the ones that I've wanted. No, I haven't. Man. It's just like like. It's like it's like I want them, but like I'm not gonna do anything with them. And like all, all sure? of my fig, ah, <laughs> uh, uh, huh, um, yeah, okay. <laughs> but, all, and, but all my figs are like in boxes and stuff. So I don't know. I think I think when I finally get into a, like a permanent residence and I set up my figs, maybe I'll buy more amiibo. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, yeah, but I talked a lot about Lego, so I'll just speed through the rest. I played Overwatch, nothing new to say about that, except for my competitive problems, which I mentioned earlier. Um, played Galgun, which more of the same as last week. Um, 
and then I played I played a Tokyo Mirage session some more. And man, we were talking about it the pre-show last week. Juan was saying that the game. Well, I read a report actually today that said it's within the parameters that Nintendo was expecting it to sell. But um, I think it was like fifty thousand copies in during its release month. So, and Juan was saying that it was a uh, considered a low number. Um, and that's a real shame because that game is really, really well done so far. Um, I keep getting pulled away because Overwatch had the competitive, and then Overwatch has this Olympic stuff. But I'm like about ten hours or so into. Tokyo Mirage Sessions, and it has a, it has a lot of what you love about uh, Shin Megami Tensei and Fire Emblem put together, mixed in with this whole idol theme, like Japanese idol theme, and it's crazy how well it all works together. Like you wouldn't think that, like Shin Megami Tensei and Fire Emblem are different, are similar enough to where it makes sense, but from a gameplay standpoint, are different enough to where it's kind of weird how it would work. And then when you throw in this weird like teenage teenager shonen style storyline where they're all secretly idols who perform on stage while fighting monsters like it sounds so weird to put it all together but it works so well it's japanese as fuck yeah it's probably the second most japanese game next to galgun um released this year but man it's put together so well and i keep hearing that the biggest flaw with the game is that it's too drawn out like it you feel like it should be over at what? Two. Whoa, 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 whoa! Fire Emblem game too drawn out? No, dude. Well, Shin Megami's even worse in that aspect, so it didn't surprise Track me accurate. at all. But it's like I'm hearing that a lot of people are like, "Oh, I finished the, I finished like chapter five, and I was like 50 hours in, and I thought, oh, okay, this is it. Like the story felt wrapped up, and all of a sudden it said chapter six, and I'm playing 30 more hours. So, oh, I mean, they must have taken a fucking uh, page out of Nathan Drake's book. Yeah, right? It's Uncharted 4 all over again. but oh, Except God. this one stays entertaining. Hey! Zing! <laughs> but yeah, that's about it for me. Uh, cool. I haven't been playing much either. I downloaded and installed uh, Pokemon Uranium. Um, I'm going to be playing that mostly on like my tablet. I'm going to check that out. Uh, I picked up... Uh, besides, and I played a little Counter-Strike, I said earlier. But I picked up... Um, Evolve went free-to-play on PC, and they're calling it Evolve Stage 2. Um, and basically the politics behind it is when they released the game, it was basically modeled after free-to-play. So you would buy the game, and then you'd have all of these like DLC, um, different characters, different monsters, different heroes, different skins. That, and that's what really kind of like pissed everybody off. But now, um, Turtle Rock uh, and, uh, not Take-Two, yeah, t- uh, 2K, 2K. Turtle Rock and 2K said, hey, it's free to play, it's on Steam, give it a go. I've been playing it, um, I'm really, I'm really digging it, um, but I can see people, uh, so when you, if you haven't played Evolve, uh, and you go online, you pick, um, the order of classes that you like, so, like, you pick your primary class, and then you're like, okay, I like to play this class the best, then this one, then this one, then this one, this one. I've seen people join um, matches, uh, and if they're with somebody else that has their preferred class, I, they they drop out. And I, it, the one thing I gotta say, if anybody, if that's you, don't fucking play the game because it resets the like the two, the three minute like wait to get into a game. Because and if you're fucking matchmaking and you're designing, you know, you're customizing your characters perks, lock it in. Hit the ready button because everybody's got to wait the fucking 60 seconds for your ass. And it is frustrating as hell to, <laughs> to, to wait four or five minutes for a game that could potentially last three minutes. Uh, it's really frustrating. It's really, really frustrating. And 
and I I can fe- I can feel like that there's some of these players that have been playing since release that have a big leg up because there's times where I'm playing as the monster and like they find me like like that like 30 seconds in and they're they're all these like super perked up characters um and I just get trounced on um and I think maybe that's also that I have like a that I'm not I don't know the, the mechanics as well and these guys have been playing for a while and the monster is I guess technically the harder class to play um but uh, I, I need to I need to delve into the mechanics a little bit more. Um, I feel like this has got enough of the skill base to it that I might really dive into it. Uh, but it's fun. Uh, it's a very pretty game. There's a lot of bullshit in it. Um, uh, there's some weird slowdown in some like the the pregame cutscenes, but uh, I think that's just chalked up to the fact that my computer is covered in like dust and I, I need to like spray it out. Um, but besides that, I got the urge to pick up uh, an old. A game from 2012 called Syndicate. Um, it's uh, it's a remake of the old like isometric um, tactical shooter Syndicate from like the DOS era. Uh, this is a first person shooter uh, remake. Um, it's uh, it's really um, it 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 laid the groundwork for a lot of games like um, uh, oh, what do you call it? Um, oh God, the, the 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 Nazis in castles. What's that game called? Wolfenstein. Yes, Wolfenstein. Um, it, it 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 laid a lot of uh, uh, groundwork for Wolfenstein. Um, it's a it's a amazing first person shooter. It's not perfect, but it's really really good. Been playing that. Um, the difficulty ramp. I like to play all my games on hard, but there is a fucking Grand Canyon of like a difference between normal and hard. They they need to add like a couple more in between because it's like. It's it's ridiculous, and that was my big problem before that I like gave the game up because it was just too hard, and then other stuff came out. Um, so I've been playing through it, really loving it. Um, the soundtrack is amazing, a lot of really cool um, dark synth. Uh, it's got a big Blade Runner um, Deus Ex feel to it, um, but a lot of EDM artists uh, when the game came out recreated the original theme song in their own way, uh, and I forgot all about that. Um, and in the first boss battle, like it's in a subway uh, station and like a train opens up and the the guy comes out your first boss you're fighting another agent and uh skrillex's syndicate comes on and i'm like oh shit i forgot the song existed that is dope <laughs> so it really like adds to the um the um appeal but today i noticed that there was this modder that released a um d bloom mod for the game and i was like whoa this is so weird that i'm just now playing it and this guy releases this mod the game has got bloom fucking like like fucking crazy it's more lens flare and more bloom than all of your star trek jokes you can combine it is it was really like distracting and then this mod comes out completely kills the unnecessary bloom that apparently ea um uh, people over at starbreeze said like hey ea forced us to like color correct everything blue and add like intense bloom and we don't know why so um so uh i'll put a link to the show notes to that mod if anybody's playing it it's a really fun game uh, give it a whirl. It's 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 probably super cheap on Origin right now. It's like twenty bucks probably. And it's definitely it's definitely worth sixty bucks. Uh, but that's it for games. Um, do we want to do an around the site real quick? Um, yeah, sure. You go first, though. Uh, I was gonna say my around the site is your diatribe on what the fuck Konami's doing. Great article. <laughs> give it a read. <laughs> Thanks. And mine will probably have to be one we already talked about, which was the Supergirl thing because I read that and was like, what the fuck, man? I really wanted Supergirl because I don't want to buy Superman. Yeah, yeah. Um, mission objectives. We haven't done these in a minute, haven't we? Yeah, I think this is a good week to go back to them. 
Yeah, uh, so our, our mission objective this week is um, because Konami has completely destroyed uh, and removed any identity from the Metal Gear Solid game with Metal Gear Solid Survive, what would you do to completely destroy a game franchise? Um, and you cannot say make a zombie survival horror version because <laughs> that's too easy. Because that's real. Do you want to go first? Sure. I would take Pokemon and make it into a really poorly made mobile game. <laughs> no, no. Um, it's a weird question, too, because it's like you hear people all the time say these franchises are stale, but there's only so much you can do when you make a sequel where you can't change it too much because then it's nothing like the previous ones and it has to have some kind of like connection to the old games for it to still be a sequel. But if it's exactly the same, then it gets stale and boring and lazy. So I'll just say I'll just say that when people say that they should release a Pokemon game that's like an action game that's more like a Zelda where you're in full control of the trainer and catch the Pokemon and switch them on the fly. It sounds cool in your head, but how the fuck is any of that gonna work? Like yeah. it sounds it it just sounds like you're gonna turn it into a completely different game where you have very little control over what's happening and you're looking at stuff more than you're actually playing it. Yeah, it like how would that work? Um, like a third person action RPG, uh, or maybe something like um, the whole like uh, Fairy Fencer F style, maybe. Yeah, maybe a Dynasty Warriors, but it it really like it's Pokemon is a turn based RPG. Like it's you're not gonna you're not gonna change it. Yeah, and that suggestion's so, been seriously thrown around for over a decade now, and every time I hear it, I'm like, how is that even gonna work without? completely ruining everything that Pokemon has built its reputation on over the last, what is it, 15 years, so... I mean, I want to see one that is, like, fully 3D, like, on a console, but that'll never, that'll never happen just because, you know, I mean, they, 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 they'll never make that, that game for the, uh, the consoles, so it's always a a main flagship version of Pokemon is going to be on the handheld. Yeah, the closest we'll probably ever get to that are the Colosseum and XD games from the GameCube. Yeah. Um, I would have to say if I really wanted to ruin a franchise, um, my, my joke answer, uh, cart racer, Metal Gear Solid cart racer. Didn't they kind uh, of have that? A Metal Gear Solid cart racer? There was a game that was, I think on Game Boy Advance and it was a cart racing crossover game with a lot of different characters that were part of Konami over the years. And I think like the Cyborg Ninja was one of the racers. Let's see. Konami, Konami, crazy heart raising no way <laughs> <laughs> oh my god characters gomon Ta- uh, takasuki dracula gray fox from metal gear solid yep there you go pastel see they Power were they were ruining Pokemon. metal gear long before now and they're just finishing Pop- the job yeah vic viper um isn't vic viper a ship yeah how can you cart race a ship easy the ship gets in the car and then drives God, it's the same reason. It does. It does. No. <laughs> it's the same. Oh, it's my. the same reason why the Daytona car was a fighter in the uh, in that Sega Fighters Mega Mix game. Oh God, Do you remember that? that is... It would stand. No, up, but it would stand up on its bumper and it would like punch with its tires. Oh my God. Oh my God. Um, I would say uh, my joke answer is a kart racer, and then dating sim. We all want to have a Metal Solid dating uh, sim game, but I would say um, like if you really wanted to like ruin a franchise, um. Besides, like, drastically changing its gameplay, so if it's a first-person shooter, like, turning it into, like, a, you know, third-person turn-based, you know, RPG or something, um, I would say 
uh, probably just kill off a character like super early. Like kill off like a mainstay. Like if if your next Uncharted game, like you know, uh, fucking Nathan Drake dies in the beginning, and then you play as his daughter, which I think that's where they're fucking going with that at the end of um, Uncharted Four. Spoilers. He's get he has a kid, um, and her name is Laura. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I think that's um, that's that's the best way you just like I, I kill off a character that's a mainstay. Of the game, has that ever been happened in in any games? I was gonna say you could do that with Last of Us and kill Joel in the beginning, but I think half the audience would be kind of happy about that. Yeah, um, and doesn't he doesn't he die at the end? No, but people wanted him dead by the end. A lot um, of people wanted him dead. Um, doesn't doesn't um Dom dies in uh, Gears of War? Doesn't he? Yeah, like in the middle of part three, in this really, oh, it was so over dramatic that it became comedy. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah. I think it's not a game. I think they were grasping at straws and trying to recreate that moment where you find his wife in the first one. Oh, God. Like, that was fucked up. Like, that was like, Whoa. Yeah. That, like, I did not expect that from that game. It's like, what the fuck, dude? I just want to shoot shit. Why are you making me feel like, why are you making me feel bad? Yeah. But the closest I could think to it, and again, it's kind of cheating because it's not exactly a game, but um, in the Danganronpa 3 anime, and they killed off one of the survivors from the first game on the second episode only for the third episode to reveal that it was fake. So she gave me a fucking heart attack because she was my favorite character in the first game. And they killed her in the second episode, and then the third episode, she's like, ketchup. I'm like, are you fucking kidding, dude? I was, like, depressed for the last seven days. <laughs> oh, hey, like me. Um, all right, that was level 87, guys. Cannons for Kenny. Uh, as always, you can find us on geekscape.net, on Twitter, at Geekscape Games. Uh, check us out at lootcrate.com slash geekscape. You can follow me on Twitter at Shane O'Hare. I'm SS Jakin on gaming platforms. And I'm at Edu Joshua just about everywhere. All right, we'll see you guys back here next week. Thanks, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. And I find it kind of funny. I find it kind of sad. The dreams in which I'm dying are the best I've ever had. I find it hard to tell you. I find it hard to take. When people run in circles, it's a very, very mad.